Thank you for being with us tonight at the end of the church service. We have some handouts for you, so please stick around. In the meantime, turn in your King James Bible to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. Book of Hebrews, chapter number two, first four verses. Hebrews chapter two, the first four verses I will read out loud. You read along with me silently, as is our custom here at the Anchor Baptist Church. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will. Our text verse will be verse number one, as is up here on the banners over our head here. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed, lest, I'm sorry, give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Father, I just want us all to get the message, no matter who preaches it or who came up with it or who thought of it. or That's never what's most important. What's most important is the Word of God, the message itself. I pray that tonight, dear Lord, this that we have chosen to be the theme for this coming year will have great impact upon your people. Some, perhaps, will grab a hold of it for the first time. Others, I hope, will grab it again and make it precious to them. Thank you for this opportunity. Bless those that are watching live stream. Thank you, dear Lord, for those that are concerned about the Anchor Baptist Church. Some don't even come here. I thank you, dear Lord, for those who are not here tonight. Perhaps they're visiting. Perhaps they're traveling. I pray for their safety and watch over them. Those watching live stream, Lord, I pray as much as is possible that they too will be affected by the message, but they cannot be by the spirit of the church. They're not here. So I pray for them, Lord, and thank you for them. Thank you for the Anchor Baptist Church and what you've allowed us to do all of these decades of time thus far. I wondered often, Lord, if this were my last night on earth, could I honestly say I made a difference in this world while I was here? To me, that's very sobering. To wonder, did I make a difference? Did it make a difference that I was here at all? I'm not talking about raising my children, taking care of my family. I'm talking about for the cause of Christ. Did it make a difference? He saved me and left me here if I were to be called home tonight. Dear Lord, I don't want to be ashamed at your appearing. I pray, Lord, that we'll get a hold of this message tonight, not because of me, but because of the truth that I believe is in it. Help us, please, and we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I, mu I must read quite a bit here, so please be patient with me. Listen to me. Help me with the children now. All children need to be quiet. The reason for this statement that we just read here in verse number one of chapter number two this warning is actually found in chapter number one. Watch what it says, chapter number one, Hebrews. Please don't stare at me. I know I'm cute, but look at your Bible. God, that's a good way to start off, who at sundry times, means different times, and in divers manners, different manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Talking about his son. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory, Jesus is the brightness of God's glory, and the express image of his person. That's why Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, who being so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, talking about God, any time, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. He never said that to an angel, never did say that to an angel. Watch what he says. And again, I will be to him a father, and he will be my son. God's never said that to an angel. The Mormons are absolutely wrong. Jesus and Lucifer were not brothers. And God chose Jesus' plan over his. That's a lie straight out of hell. So watch what he says here. He said, uh, and again, I will be with him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Verse 6, and again, when he bringeth in the first begotten unto the world, he said, let, and let all the angels of God worship him. And, and of the angels, he said, who make his angels spirits and his, sorry, and his ministers a flame of fire. He's talking about angels here now. But unto the son, he saith, thy throne, O God. God said to his own son, thy throne, O God. Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness and a scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. I thought God was all love, but anyway. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above all thy fellows. And, and, and thou, Lord, in the beginning hath laid the foundation of the earth. Talking about Jesus. And the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. And they all wax old as does a garment. And as a vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But, unto, but, but to which of the angels said he at any time, Set on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who are, the, uh, who are the heirs of salvation? Verse number one. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed. Therefore, when you read the word therefore, you need to find out what it's there for. So when you read the beginning of the statement, it says, therefore, something must have already been said. What I'm trying to point out to you is the exalted position of Jesus Christ. So he's more than angels. He, though he is a servant, angels are sent to minister to us who are the recipients of salvation. Jesus made that happen. He created the worlds. He is God himself. And the Bible comes to chapter number 2 and verse number 1 and clearly says, Wherefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the, to the things which you have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. So now we know the reason for this is actually in chapter number one. It goes on, talks about he's more than Moses, he's more than Abraham. Jesus Christ is above all else, above all else. He is God. We ought never to forget them, these things which we have heard. Church, listen to me carefully. People are changing constantly anymore. Everybody's looking for something new, trying to be the first one in line to get the next great phone or the next great secret or the next new title for a church. Or they, Everybody wants something new all the time. My Bible teaches me, search for the old path. And when you find it, dwell therein. And the Bible goes on to say in Ecclesiastes that everything that is hath been. And he goes on before that passage is done and says, God requires that which is old. God likes the old path. Now, if that's good enough for God, I'd be good enough for us. We should never let the things that we have been taught slip away. We should never be indifferent to them. Well, I just don't know. We should never be that way. We are sometimes interested in them, and at other times, we're indifferent to them. Sometimes they mean a lot to us, and other times it's, yeah, I've heard it before. It's, it doesn't mean that much. We sometimes have a leisurely approach, and then our approach turns towards the world. It's not like it should be. Not all the time. Sometimes a heaviness and a dullness of mind 
We sit in church service and our minds drift. We're on our job and it goes into an area it should not go into. Please understand what he's saying here. Sometimes our mind, it gets cold and languid, gets in a state to where we can't, our reflections, and this renders us indifferent to the things of God. It's like, what's the big deal? I don't get it. I mean, who cares anymore? What's going on? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Take the more earnest heed. Lest you let these things, key word, slip. Sometimes these things will happen. We didn't mean to, didn't do it on purpose, but without concern, they will slip. The, my, my title tonight is, They Will Just Slip Away. At no time should we be indifferent to the things which we have heard. The world will cause you to question. There used to be a bumper sticker. I hated it first time I saw it. Question authority. You say, well, what if they're wrong? God is never wrong. Authority can be wrong. Just like the police that some don't like, God actually calls them ministers of God. God didn't say it's up to you whether you like it or not. God said you need to give the more earnest heed to these things. They are always important to us. These things that we have heard are always important to us and should never be in a state of mind that they would ever become uninteresting to us. We sit in church service sometimes and pay no attention as though, aren't you going to preach on Revelation or something really cool? You mean the death, burial, and resurrection? That? You mean Jesus' suffering for us? You mean that? You mean the things that we have heard that we're slowly letting slip? Yeah, we could lose interest in those things rather easily. At all times, in all places, in every situation of life, we should feel the truths of true Christianity as being an absolute necessity in our life. They're more important than all other truths. And nothing should be allowed to remove the things which you have been assured of. This is why I tell you, quit just staring and listening. Look in your Bible. Know the word of God. So that way, whether you remember me or what I said, you have a Bible. Go to your Bible. Find out what it says. It says, uh-uh. The Bible says, because if not, they will slip rather easily. He said we should let them slip. What does that mean? Well, it's the idea, if you would. You ever had a, um, I, had, I had a, it wasn't a bucket, what was it? I had something sitting in the garage the other day, and uh, I looked, and the next thing I knew, there was fluid around the can. And I thought to myself, where's that coming from? I looked everywhere. I couldn't even see it dripping. But somewhere, it was seeping out a little at a time, and I just thought, uh, maybe it was that way when I set it there and didn't notice. You know how you do sometimes. Sure enough, the next day or two, I went out there. It was a little bigger stain. You know what was happening? It was slipping out. Somewhere along the line, it was just slipping out. The idea here is like something floating down a stream. You don't have to do that on purpose. It just floats on downstream. It just slips away. What he's talking about is in our mind, we need to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them just slip away, just go on downstream, just slowly get out of our minds and we don't pay any attention to it at all. We are being instructed of the great danger. That's what this means. Take the more earnest. There's a great danger of this happening, and we need to pay attention to this lest we let it slip. Of the things that you have been taught, this is big in our new Baptist society. Did you hear? Oh, no, I studied a book. I learned a whole new thing about the doctor. Let me get this right. After 400 years of excellent, educated people studying the Bible, some little pea brain all of a sudden came up and said, I found something brand new. Really, you did. How did you do that? And sure enough, because we have let some of the things slip that we should be hanging on to, we let go of the things we should have been assured of, and they slip right away from us. How could this happen? How is it possible for a born-again Christian, with all of this about Jesus Christ, how is it even possible to let it slip away? How is it possible that we did not notice? Because like something floating downstream, Nobody made it do that. Just like that can in my garage, I just didn't notice. 
I just didn't pay attention. And guess what happened? It just slowly seeped right out of the container. You see, this is what happens to us Christians. We have the world, the flesh, and the devil going against us. So we are being warned. You know all those great things you have heard and been taught? You know all those? Okay, you need to pay attention to those. You need to give the more earnest heed. The more earnest heed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, the more earnest heed. I mean really give yourself to it. Why? What's the big deal? Lest you let them slip. Slip away. And say you did it on purpose didn't say that a church down the street did it on purpose. It just, you weren't paying attention. And sure enough, somewhere in that can, something began to slip out, unnoticed at first, but it was slipping out. How could this be possible? Let me give you some reasons. First of all, we come to believe some truths are no longer that important. How can a truth, a Bible truth, ever become unimportant? How's that possible? Well, it doesn't apply today. That's a lie. God who knows all things already looked at everything around the world. That's why there's only one Bible. The rest of them at best, and most of them are bad, are commentaries. If God said, I will preserve my words unto all generations, there have to be in every word of God somewhere. So we read these things and we get caught up in the talk of the world and off we go. Before, before their true importance is realized, the young Christian. okay, where's all of our young Christians that got saved? Should be here right now. Now before you get upset with them, understand, they got set up. You see, there's other things that are important. One person told me, said, preacher, I'd be there on Sunday morning, but I got the, what is that, paddle, paddle ball? Pickleball on Sunday morning. I have an appointment. Well, you need to keep your priorities. Before he even understood the importance of God saying, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Before he could even get a hold of that, it was already slipping out of his life. This is why, young Christian, you listen to me, and all of you are younger Christian than I am. You need to listen to what I'm telling you. There are no exceptions to God's rules. None whatsoever. So... We are often deceived in regard to the importance and value of heavenly things, which is strange, is it not? How can we be at a distance from the things that we're looking forward to? Heaven. We just let it slip. Number two, by being drawn away by the cares of this life. Boy, that's a big one, isn't it? I'm a born-again Christian preacher. I believe you. I believe you. I love the Lord. I believe you again. I really do. But what he's talking about here is you have this great salvation and the person that brought it and all that comes with it. You heard about that. You heard this, right? Therefore, we ought to give the more earth to the things which we have heard. You have heard. This is not a surprise. You've heard. If you've been in the Anchor Baptist Church, you've heard a lot of Bible. <coughs> and what he's saying here is simply this. We get drawn away. We just feel that now other things are more important in my life right now, preacher. We have no intention of throwing them to the side. We have no intention of letting them slip. It's just that our attention is turned to other things we think are important. Wait a minute. Right now. Well, I've got to take care of this right now. Well, this is important right now. Well, if I don't get this right now, I don't know what's going on. And our attention is turned to other things of much lesser importance. Not, not important at all, but a lot less importance, which causes us to turn our mind away from the things which we have heard, and they'll slip right away from us. We have no time to pray. We have no time to read our Bible. We have no time to muse, to study, to spend time with God to think of our Christianity because the cares of this world and the things around us are consuming our mind and our heart and our time. This church should be able to do so much more, but the world is taking all of your time. You can't give up your job. I want you to understand, I'll say this till the time I go to heaven. Your job is not your life. It is a job. Christ who is my life, the Apostle Paul said. Christ is your life. Serving him and giving yourself to him is what's most paramount. Your job is just that. It's just a job. You make money, you take care of your family, you help the church, maybe some other people, go on with life. But they'll get you to thinking, your job is your life. What are you going to do with life if you don't have a job? 
probably the same thing I did before I got this job. Number three, how is this possible? How is it possible to let these things live? These great things and precious promises, how, how is that possible? Folks, how do we let them? How did your friends that are no longer in church, how did they do this? How are your friends that are in churches that don't believe half the Bible anymore? How did that happen? At one time, they believed, they, just like us. So don't think you're an exception to the rule. How did it happen to them? Number three, by being distracted by the pleasures of life. See, we attend to them now and are drawn away from other things until our Christianity is suffered. It is suffered by things we want to do and enjoy to do. I'm not against that. I love having a good time. I'm not against you going on vacation. I'm not against you going to the beach. But some of you need to be careful how you dress. Now, anyway, so what happens here is this. Until our Christianity is suffered and just flown on downstream. You didn't plan on it. You didn't even make it happen. You just neglected it. You just did not give more earnest heed to the things which you have heard. You see, now, because we did not give the more earnest heed to the things which you have been taught, they just slip away. They just slip away. The truth here is if we do not pay attention and give them more earnest heed, he is saying at any given time, they can just slip away. I didn't go by and stick a hole in that can. I didn't on purpose say, watch this, I bet it won't slip out and stick a hole. I, somehow it found a way to get out. And because I did not pay attention before I put the fluid in that can, I didn't even catch it at first. And then when I did, I thought I, it won't do much more than that, but it did. Do you understand? You are not an exception to the rule. You keep not paying heed to the things which you have heard. He's saying you're in danger of letting them slip. Number four, we let favorable opportunity opportunities to pass without improving them. Okay, some of you have had opportunities in this church. You sidestepped it. You didn't make a big deal about it. You're not taking advantage of it. You know what you're doing? You're letting these great and precious promises slip right by you. You're not making the most out of the opportunity that God has set right before you. Our youth, by the way, we'll be losing six or seven of our teenagers here in, in the summer or the fall. Basically, we'll not hardly have any teenagers here. They're all going into sin, getting drunk. They are all gone off to college. All of them. We've never had this large of a group go off to college at one time. But they're leaving. Now, I'll tell you what you need to do. I, I remember telling my own kids, Dad, there's so many people in that college. What am I supposed to do? I wasn't sure what to tell them, but here's what I told them. I said, you know everything you've been taught at the Anchor Baptist Church? It's right. It's just a bigger pond to swim in. Everything you've been taught is still right, whether you're there or here. Whether you're on the job or you're here, it doesn't make any difference to the crowd. It makes difference to what you have been taught that you still give heed to. Yet how easy it is to allow it just to slip away. I'm talking about our great creator. We serve the creator. You got saved and said, oh, Jesus, thank you. How, did you, how do we let that cool off and slip away? Because we don't pay attention to the things which we have heard. Again, we're back to being in church. You cannot live for God the way God intended you to when you skip church all the time. Now, you can like that or not like it, and you make all the excuses you want to about it, but I'm telling you the truth. I told somebody one time, I said, look, if you're in the hospital for an extended period of time, you're going to start slipping. Preacher, it's not my fault I'm in the hospital. I never said it was. God meant what he said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. God knew that it takes us all being together in a place that he designed or you're going to be in trouble. Things begin to slip. They find their way out of your life. We intend, while the important things of Christianity just slip away, we intend to salvage them. We don't intend for them to die. We intend to salvage them. 
we actually intend, while we're paying attention over here, we know these important things are setting here, and we have all intention of not letting them go. We'll get to those, but right now we have to... And one day we look around. We're drinking, running around dressed in ways we should not. We can't stand the Anchor Baptist Church anymore because its standards will not change to the way I want to live. So we got to find a different church to go to. I fear that some of you even here on your way out. I keep doing my best to reach out to you. But you keep listening to the wrong people and then on top of that you make excuses for how, why you can't live like this anymore. Don't you understand? You're letting it slip already? It's slipping away from you. While you're involved in other things as important, other things that are maybe pleasurable to you or just enjoyable to you, you're starting to let other things that are much more important slip away from you. Look down in verse number three. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? So great. So great. So great. It's called great for many reasons. I was thinking about this the other day, and it's great because the author of salvation is so great. It's so, he's so great. Did you forget when you first met him just exactly how you felt? Do you not remember how when his name was mentioned, the way you thought and the way you felt about things? He was so great, wasn't he? I hate to break the news to you. He's never changed. He's still great. This, if nothing else, is probably the main idea. He talks about how he's greater than angels and, and he's, he's equal with God and he's the creator of the world and he's God himself. If there's anything we ought to be paying attention to, it's that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Angels are required to serve him and bow down to him. He's expressly called God. He made all things. Your Savior. You didn't even know all this when you first got saved and you fell in love with him just because you were hurting. And he came to you, didn't he? He is the eternal God. It's great. The author of salvation is so great. Another reason it saves from great sins. The salvation that drew you to Christ saved us from such great sins. Christ's salvation does not come with limits. It doesn't come with limits. You want to be saved? Come to Christ. Let whosoever will. No one is saved who feels as though their sin was small. I don't care if you were four. I don't care what your age is. I don't care how deep in sin you think you were and nobody else was. You need to understand when somebody comes to Christ, nobody's sin when they come to Christ is a small thing. Let me tell you how large, seven-year-old your sin was. Put Jesus on the cross. If there's nobody on this planet and you got saved when you were seven, he died for you. And it was the only option that you have. Every truly saved by Christ, child of God, sees his sins as black, and I do not deserve what our great Savior did for me. Everybody's that way. You're not an exception to the rule, or you're not saved. Now, let's just cut to the chase. There's a lot of people in church that are not saved, trying your best to live a Christian life. How frustrating you must be. Yet these great sins were forgiven by our great Savior. It took a great Savior to forgive of great sins. And he did. You know something? We ought to give the more earnest heed to that. We ought to just consider what preacher just said and what the Bible teaches and give the more earnest heed to that. Lest the very Savior that saved you, you forget. Through pleasure, work, job, 
you guys better start listening to me because you're ignoring me altogether when it comes to your job. It is eating up your life. And you haven't been in step. Very nice person. And you didn't do it on purpose. Just a little bit at a time. 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 And you have all intention of not letting this slip. But it's slipping. We need to give the more earnest heed to our salvation. I, I go over it all the time. You know I do. Even here. I think sometimes, ah, they've heard this before. I don't care if you heard it before. I'm telling you again. It's my salvation. It's my Savior. I'm going to tell you again. Some of you, you know something. I've met some of you, and I've never heard your salvation story. This was key in my wife getting saved. Who went to church. Daddy was a preacher. And one day I just thought I'd ask her. Hey, tell me about the day you got saved. How do you know for sure? Oh, you don't need to ask me that. That's a silly question. Anybody that says that is not saved. If you make that kind of a statement, you are not saved. Everybody should be able to say, man, I'm glad somebody finally asked. Let me tell you how I got saved. Well, I don't remember the day, the time, the place, or exactly what took place. You ain't saved. Don't, don't you get quiet on me. How can the greatest thing from the greatest Savior ever happen to a person? And you don't remember any details at all? Something's wrong. Our sins forgiven. Our lives now blessed. The truths of God's word that have been taught that you never even knew before. You never even knew this was here. Man, that's tremendous. Why didn't somebody teach this stuff? And it finally starts dawning on you. The relationship we now have with Almighty God that he said, you can call me Abba Father. I'm not just the Father. I'm your Father. I'm your personal Papa. I'm your Dad. You're my child. That's great. Because many of us, we didn't have a Dad growing up, did we? And God said, I can fix that. I'll be your Father. Not only that, but I'll give you fathers in the faith. Like Paul was to Timothy. But my mom wasn't around when I was growing up. Okay, well, God gave you a mommy here. Pick one. Let them love on you and watch over you, sit by them, let them help you a little bit. God has all the holes that the devil in the world has created in your life. God will fill that if you'll simply let him teach you how to do that. Eternally saved. Seriously? Come on, everyone must know what a failure we are at times. If you hesitate on that question right there, I'm going to slap you into the tribulation period how could you possibly even hesitate eternal self eternal it's a good thing God promised that because if we had to well if I be good I have eternal security that's that's probation that's not eternal security <coughs> I'm saved forever you know who brought that about you know who brought that about it wasn't me it was my great savior his great salvation his great word his great work he did it all. I didn't do anything. Number three, it is great because it saves from great dangers. The end of everyone's life, the end of everyone's life is destruction and hellfire. You're never getting out. If it hadn't been for Jesus Christ, everybody would be looking at that at the end of their life. All do not see it, I understand. All do not believe it, but it's there nevertheless. I don't believe in, in, in gravity. Jump off the building. Believe it or not, it's there. Hell is there. You can't prove there's a hell. I never tried to prove it to begin with. I'm just telling you God said there is one. Salvation from everlasting burning. Do you understand what that means? That means if you died without Christ, without Jesus' great salvation and what he did and our great Savior, you would die and burn forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever till you ran out of breath and ran out of language. There's no way. I mean forever, ever. You understand ever? Salvation. Everlasting burning. Jesus said, no, you come to me. That all stops. That'll never happen. I'll take care of that for you. 
We're letting these things slip. It's, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's going to church. No, 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 no. See, what you're not doing anymore is this right here. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have been taught, lest at any time we should let them slip. If you do not start giving more earnest heed to the things that you've been taught, God is warning us they'll slip away from you. Salvation, everlasting birth, deliverance from unending ruin. Oh, my goodness. How many of us were ruined in our life? Totally. Let me just totally. Life was a mess. See, you won't even think about it right now. Your life, my life was ruined. Not it wasn't that bad. Well, looking back on it, I wasn't that bad. You were a sinful mess. And getting worse every day and every year. And your great Savior, who you did not deserve, who's above the angels, who is God himself, who created the whole world, who angels bow down to, to the Father himself said, you're God. Set all that aside to die for you. Great Savior. Surely we dare not forget such great things. Surely we dare not forget. Actually, we ought to give them more earnest heed. Not just think about them. Give them more earnest heed. I mean, put them way up there on the list. That's the top of the list. Go over them all the time. That's why church helps you to keep right. If you come in here with any kind of a, I want to stay right with God at all, God's going to help you. The Holy Spirit of God wants you to be right. He'll point out to you, yeah, that's good. No, that's got to go. He'll lead you and guide you in all ways of truth and righteousness. The gospel did not create this danger. The gospel is the answer for that danger. I will never go to hell. I am never in danger of suffering throughout eternity. You said, preacher, you live that good? I don't live that good. I do not live right at all most of the time. Don't let that shock you. I'm just telling you. Do you know there are sins of ignorance that many people live and do all the time? It's still sinful. You're just not aware of it. It's like a person saying, I know my Bible pretty well. Do you know during the thousand-year millennial reign, we're going to be learning God's word and teaching the whole world? And we got a pretty good handle on the Bible. Number four, the salvation itself is great in heaven. This is tremendous. Listen to me. I am going to receive crowns and rewards, guess where? In heaven. In heaven. In he you got that? You understand that? In heaven, the place we all want to go. This sinful person, because of Jesus Christ, I'm going to go to heaven. And, and, and all these great things, the honors and the crowns and the rewards, heaven with all of its glories, is offered to us. Amen. We're talking about the place where Jesus come from. Amen. He said, no, I want you to go home with me Amen. to my father's house. Come on, those of you that are saved, let's go up there. Amen. And somehow, how can we let these slip? I'll tell you how, because we do not give the more earnest heed. He's warning us of our great savior, of our great salvation, of the great truths, of the great God that we have, all of these things. And just like the world that's not saved, many of us are just neglecting this great salvation. Just neglecting it. We need to give the more earnest heed. Lest we let it slip. It just, it just slipped away from our mind. Oh, that's right, preacher, I forgot. You let it slip, didn't you? Just like something just naturally flowed downstream. Didn't do it on purpose. It's what it does. We forgot. It just slipped out of our heart. It slipped out of our, listen to me, our practice of life. Our practice of life. You remember when you didn't used to read and you missed a day, how you felt? You remember? Oh, you've been saved that long? You've been saved over 51 years? Anybody? I read through my Bible this year. 
Genesis to all the way through Revelations. Read through the whole thing. I've read it before. I've read it dozens of times. Dozens and dozens of times. Why do I need to do it again? To refresh my mind about the truths of this book so that I do not let them slip. How can we let these great truths slip from our mind? The practice of life. You say, well, I don't think I am. Your practice of life is a reflection of your mind. Who or whatever controls the mind controls the person. Don't fool yourself. Number five, it is great because of the effect by infinite displays of power and wisdom and love. You see, it was procured by the incarnation and humiliation of Jesus Christ. He dawned on a body. Who in the world would do that? I mean, come on. I was talking to Mr. Miller. He goes, yeah, my fingers hurt and arthritis. My hands stay cold. Who would voluntarily set themselves up in such a situation? The disease, all the things that go on down here, the way we hate one another, the way we kill each other, the way we have violence here, the way we yell at each other, the way we hate one another. Who in the world would lead heaven to come here? You ready? Your Savior did that. Your Savior did that. What? If you're here right now going, yeah, that's true. You forgot? You forgot that? How can we pop? You let it slip. You didn't do it on purpose. You didn't say, you know something? I'm going to forget all this stuff. No, you didn't do it on purpose. You simply neglected your great salvation and it slipped away. It was accomplished amid great suffering. What? You remember his life? Your salvation and your freedom came at his expense. And boy, what an expense that it was. When Jesus came here, his mind was on the cross, and yet he stopped to feed people. He came to die for sinners. He knew what was going to happen to him at the end of his life. And yet he would stop and raise a widow woman's child from the dead. Along the way, he would do miracles. Along the way, he would feed people. Along the way, he took care of things of life. While he himself, his face was set like a flint. And he knew what he had to do. It's not, oh good, I'm going to suffer. That is not your Savior. He didn't want to die like that. But if that's God's will, I'll do it for your sakes. You do understand, he wasn't dying for his own sin. He was dying for your sin. He didn't die for himself. He willingly laid down his life. He condescended to men of low estate. That's what our Savior did. He raised people from the dead. The sun was darkened. Do you remember that day? Do you remember? You still remember the story, part of it? Go back and read it again. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I want to read Revelation. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell you all about Jesus. When I instruct a new Christian, they say, there's a big book. Where should I start reading? I don't say Genesis. Because as soon as you get halfway through Leviticus, you stop it. People have been on the way forever. Stop right there. Like, who cares how many taxes are holding the curtains? I don't care. And who is so-and-so begat so-and-so? I don't even know these people. And you give up. You did it again this year too, didn't you? You said, this year I'm going to learn all those names. Didn't tell you to learn them. Just asked you to read them. You need to get yourself a self-pronouncing Bible. I have one all the time. That's how I learn to pronounce a lot of this stuff. Others, I just fake it while I'm telling their names, just like you do. Right in the middle of the day, while your Savior, for you, was hanging on a cross, God took a curtain of clouds and put it between him and his son. Listen to me now. Keep kids quiet. Listen. He could not even look on his own son for carrying the sins of other people. And how arrogant and prideful for people to think, God will let me in because I'm a good God. 
as though what? You've never sinned? You've never done anything wrong? First of all, you just lied. Jesus, who never did, no guile was ever found in his mouth. He did nothing wrong. He was perfect. And God said, got to put this cloud between me and you. He could not look upon his son dying for us. That's how bad we were. And how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? How in the world can we stay in step with God and love on him like we should when we forgot about this great salvation? The whole life and breath and birth and death and life and resurrection, all of this was such as the world or heaven had never seen before and never will again. One time for you. I know the temptation of quitting every Monday. I'm done. I'm out of here. Let me come back down. Finish. Just kidding. You know it. Oh, you've never wanted to quit? Okay, I hope you never do. Maybe if you were in the battle more, you'd think about it. of mankind, the majority. Do you know why they'll go to hell? They just neglect it. You see, most people out there, contrary to most Baptist preachers, it's not they're professedly atheist or deist or, or uh, agnostic. or that's not, that's not the reason that most of them do that. They're not really immoral. A lot of them aren't or profane. They're not. Do you know what they're simply doing? It's not that they oppose or ridicule or attack Christianity. It's going with their life. They simply neglect so great salvation. But see, we say we're saved. Now we have this great salvation. How can we possibly let it slip away? How can we let the proof of the King James Bible slip away? How can we let... The forgiveness of God slip away as though it didn't make any difference. How can we let the local church that God planned us in simply slip away as though I'll catch up next week? We're just not giving them all earnest heed. You see, they pass by it. They, they simply neglect, they pass by it and just attend to other things. Now, that would be the lost world, but what about we Christians? Well, preacher, you know there's more to life than church. No, there's not. Tell Jesus that when you meet him. Well, there's more to life than just serving Jesus, you know. No, there's not. If he does not have first place, he has no place. He, he preached that message. You see, what happens is they're just busy with their own pleasure. They're not steeped in sin. They're just having a good time out there somewhere. I'm talking about Christians. I, I received a card, and I love this man, and I wish he were here, from someone who used to attend all the time. And, 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 and I love him. I wish they were here and received a card and said, think about you in the church all the time. Well, that ain't going to do you any good. Why don't you come here? You let it slip right out of your life, something you knew was precious and something you knew was valuable and something you knew that God gave to you. Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to me. You start skipping church, you're going to be gone. I don't care what the circumstances are. You skip a lot of church, you're going to be gone. Or maybe they're just caught up in their material things and jobs. Say, preacher, what's wrong with that? You ever read about Noah? The Bible said in the New Testament, talking about the, in the last days, shall be as it was in the days of Noah. Ready? Watch this. Watch this sinful stuff. Marrying. You know, that was sinful. Giving in marriage. You know, that was bad. Building. You know, that was bad. They were just busy without God. Just busy without God. God created a flood and washed the whole bunch of them away except one family who for 120 years gave himself to God preaching about salvation. You need to get on this ark. 
nobody will see you. How could they possibly see all that evidence and ignore it? But they did. They're just paying attention. Maybe they got caught up in politics. That's a big thing now, you know. A lot of preachers getting involved in politics. We could make a difference if we were in the White House. I wouldn't because I'd shoot myself. I almost shoot myself in here sometime. What in the world would I do? I'd be like Biden. Where am I at? How do I get off stage here? I have no idea why I'm even up here. And then I'll make some grandfather joke, right? That nobody gets to begin with. They just neglect Christianity. You see, right now, it's not that big a deal. I mean, preacher, there's just, you know, we're young and we got a lot of things to do. I mean, we used to want to stop living. I thought you were dead until you met Christ. I thought life was in Christ. Pay attention to me, girls. I thought what we were supposed to be doing was our life now is Christ. You really should have went to God. You would have seen young preachers less than half my age spending their entire day, not just on Sunday, building churches, starting uh, orphanages, some in their own house having 20 and 30 in their own home before they got a place where others could come to. But we don't have time for that. By the way, I got some information on the orphanage there. What's wrong with us? See, preacher, I don't hate Jesus. Never said you did. I, I love the Bible. I believe you do. But see what that says right there? Give the more earnest heed, lest the things we have heard, we let them slip. Just Wherefore, you see, we neglect our Christianity. We're bored many of us. See, other Christians, man, they're really living. They can come and go as they please. That bothers you. I feel sorry for them. That's what bothers me about them. I do not envy them. I think it's a failed experiment that by the time they figure it out, it's going to be too late. So I've labeled them as not recovering fundamentals because that's an oxymoron. I just say they're new Baptists. By the way, God's not fond of anything that's new. So I'll just label them as new Baptists. They don't have a better idea. They don't have a better way. But it has an effect on us sometimes because you keep wanting to know. No, I, I, I don't follow them. I just want to know what they have to say. So you like gossip. You like people who carry around tales about other people. In the Bible, it's called a tale-bearer. You don't believe it. I, I just want to know what they have to say. Do you know if they had nobody listening, they would have nobody to talk to. But every time you hit that, it registers. Somebody else is listening. Stupid. So what does he say here? He says it's just one thing after another. Just nothing you classify as wicked, sinful. Just I gotta work for the next six Sundays preaching. Now, before you go like this, well, I don't believe that. You remember, I do, when the first time they said you have to work Sunday. Remember that? You remember. You told the preacher, hey, preacher, I got this. God gave me this job. Man, it's great. God gave me this job. Not supposed to work any Sunday. What was that one word? Supposed to work Sundays. I remember when we first started this church, people refused to work on Saturday. Now we bought so much stuff and got ourselves in such a fix. We even try to convince the Lord we have no choice but to skip church and soul winning. I'm not preaching anything new. 
Those of you who've been around here, we've been preaching like this for decades. It's just been a while since I brought it up. Answer me something. Why are we choosing whether to go to church or not? I don't care if your favorite team's winning. I don't care if they're playing. Wouldn't matter to me if they all died. Not one bit. That's not very kind. It's not very kind for you to step out of church and then, and, and then, and then hey, and then cover it up by saying, well, we weren't feeling well. You are lying. If you're that sick, you should be in the hospital. Every time you turn around, well, I can't be there for you to come sick. She has an excuse. What are you doing here tonight? You have an excuse to not be here. Won't you take it? Man, you could be home watching a football game. That's your excuse. We used to be that way. I listen to Bryson over here. He, he, the things he says, I just want to ignore him all, all the time. And I, no, I don't mean because it's wrong or anything. The innocence of it. He'll just look at me for a minute and go, well, I just want to serve the Lord because I think that's right. I'm thinking, where'd you get that from? Did you just make that up? No, we all used to be that way. I remember when Mrs. Bowen first came in. Did you did you come because your son? So we put him off there, way back in the corner, because we don't want him around a lot of people, you know. <laughs> then we made him shut up, so he's in the deaf section. <laughs> this is all new to them. They instantly fell in love with it. Do you remember the change? I had the bearded wonder down here. He had no idea how like a bum he looked. But everybody went like this, hey, love your beard. He thought we were bragging on him. And one day we had this new guy show up. And everybody went, you look a whole lot better. You look a whole. You thought you thought that thing looked good, didn't you? Well, I like the natural look. Yeah, I know. Wherefore we, those who are the recipients of eternal life, wherefore, therefore, therefore. We ought to give them more earnest heed, more earnest heed, more. Because we have so great salvation, we ought to even be paying more attention <coughs> to the things which you have heard. Why? Lest we let them slip. Baptist churches are changing. I hope you never understand that. It's not the church, the building that changes, it's the people that change. Do you know who many of those people are? People from churches like this at one time. They now turn against their old preacher. They now turn against their own mom and dad. They now turn against their Sunday school teacher. They now turn against their Bible teacher. Because you know, they said some things that were wrong, like you never have. And they need this great salvation. And they need to see Christ in us so they might glorify our Father which is in heaven. They need to see Christ in us. Amen. Not just, I don't hurt anybody. What a cop out. I think I'm okay because I don't hurt anybody. That men may see your good works. Your good works. By the way, they saw you skip church. Ruth, come here. Second Sunday, they haven't been to church. Didn't they tell us we ought to go to church with them? They didn't go. You don't think so? The whole world watches a Christian. They're watching you. And we're letting things slip. Slip. Just drift downstream. Just let it pass by. If we do not on purpose start paying attention to the truths that we have been taught. Some of you have been here a long time. Miss Mona's been here a long time. 
This is where everybody goes, Preacher, you know I've been here 20 years. Preacher, you know I've been here 16 years. Mrs. Mullins has been here. Is she in here? Let me see. Oh, there she is. Been here 34 years. With the same preacher. Can you imagine the changes she had to go through because of me? I wouldn't have stayed. But bless her heart, she did. And she looks like she's having a terrible time, doesn't she? Oh, this is awful. I regret the day I ever showed up at Anchor Baptist Church. And here's a statement that she made. I wanted her to preach one Sunday night. Because <coughs> she made this statement. Churches were going through a split, and boy, she was fit to be tired. We're out in the parking lot, and uh, we're walking by. I think my wife and I were by the car, and she walked by. And she just turned and said, I said, Miss Mullins, you okay? Preacher, what is wrong with people? I said, I don't know. What do you mean? All they have to do is go to church all the time, and the answer they need eventually will come to them. But see, but see, you missed the answer you needed. And that's when I asked her, do you want to preach tonight? Oh, she was bad. You remember that? Oh, she was hot. She really was. If we do not on purpose pay more attention to the truths and ways that we have been taught at any given time, isn't this scary? Not even meaning to. I remember when I used to. What happened? You didn't do it on purpose. You can go out and get drunk. You just shoot something, right? Okay. A lot of Christians drinking nowadays. Folks, this is not a trivial matter. It's so important. God said, now look, you need to give more earnest heed to this. We're talking about your Savior, the great Savior. We're talking about the great God. We're talking about the great salvation. And a lot of people just are neglecting it. God gave this to you. You had it. Don't neglect it now. saved and said, I'm doing that no more. From the time you got saved and said, I didn't know that was right. I'm going to do that. What have you let slip? Take heed, but more earnest heed to the things which you have heard. It's almost like God knew it was going to happen. And boy, hasn't it shown itself in our day. Slip. Not on purpose. Slip. Nobody slips on, watch this, I'm going to slip. Nobody does that. It's almost accident, but you weren't paying attention. You see, there was that ice right there. You weren't paying any attention. You just did not pay attention to the great and precious promises that at one time, just to hear about Jesus dying, you would cry. Well, preacher, I'm so mature now. I've heard that story for now. 12 years, and it just doesn't affect me like it used to when I was a baby Christian. No, you've let things slip. They just slipped. All things pertaining to this so great salvation. We must on purpose. Going into this next year, this, this, this is, I, 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 we were praying in there, which some of you men should have been in there. And I asked God, I told him, Told the fellas when I was preaching, God, I have no idea what to expect this year. Maybe the greatest year we've ever had. I don't know that. Maybe it'd be the worst year we've ever run into. I don't know that. But I do know somebody that does know that. I've been told that all of my life that God knows. Why would I let that slip away? Because I did not give the more earnest heed. And it slipped. Didn't mean for it to. Just didn't. What are we going to do this year? What's already slipping? Now that I brought it to your attention, or God did, what is slipping already? If you do not put on an emergency brake, say, that's it. Not again. Now, first thing that's going to happen is you're going to be tested in that area. 
every area you're failing in has got to be, and as you're trying to get out of it, you're going to be tested in it. You understand that? Every truth you hear has got to be tested because until it's going through the fire, you don't know if it's true or not. What are you letting slip already? Nobody knows? We actually believe nobody sees in there anymore. Nobody knows anymore. The excuses that we give, God knows the difference between intentions and thoughts. We can't be there. We're kind of sick. I wonder if God just goes like this. You weren't so sick you couldn't go to work on Monday. But you're too sick to show up with God's people with so great salvation. What you're not aware of is you're not giving the more earnest heed to the things that you have heard and they're beginning to slip out of your life. Folks, this has got to stop. Or one day you'll look at your own church and go, you know, I don't know what happened over there. You happened over there. I happened over there. This has got to stop. Put a cork in it. Take that can, get rid of it, and put up a good can over there and say, that's not going to happen again. It just slipped. Not purposeful. It began to run out. One standard after another. One truth after another. One conviction after another. One way of living after another. And the world, the flesh, and the devil give you every excuse you could possibly give. Nobody can make you circle back. That's why this warning is so important. He just got through telling us how great God is, His Son is, salvation is. He's better than any angel you've ever read about or thought about. He is God Himself. He's God's own begotten Son. He died for you. He brought eternal salvation. Did you forget all that? No, you didn't forget it. We're just not doing it anymore. You come to church and wait for me to make you amen come to church and really don't want to sing until somebody almost forces the issue. What happened to us? What, what happened to us? It was, oh, fine, it's Thursday. I can't wait to get to church. Instead of, oh, that's right, tonight's church. I forgot. You didn't used to be that way. What happened? Slipping in. Did you notice it? Let's pray.